I got a question. What the f*** is Ankui? Ankui! Now, if you're thinking the series from, you belong here. Let's get down to brass tacks, shall we? This is Grown Man Talking with Real. I am your host, Real. This episode was brought to you by Rum and Cope. Captain Morgan, to be exact. The Captain Jack will get you high tonight. And icy hot. Because my old ass tried to play tennis. Without warming up, damn near broke my knee sockets, icy hot. So this is the season finale. Once upon a time is what it's called. I call it three blind mice. We start off on the porch of one of the houses in the town where Jade, Tabitha, Jim, and the kids are staying with Kenny and Kenny's mom. Jade sitting on the porch. Mr. I only wear my dress shirts unbuttoned down to the sixth button under a wool cardigan in fall weather. He's sitting on the porch, worried about Julie. I don't know what to say about Jade at this point. I just wish he would button his shirt up. Okay. Cicadas are buzzing everywhere. Donna. Elgin. And Dale. Go out in the van looking for Randall in the woods. Why? I don't know. I wish they would have just left Randall. Or had the mindset to just leave Randall. Because Randall don't give two craps about any of them. At any rate, I told y'all, told y'all in the last episode, we hadn't seen the last of Randall. Here he is. They go out into the woods. Hold on a second. Did y'all know that in real life, Dale and Donna are married? They have kids together. They're like real life Mary. Anyway, I digress. They go in the woods looking for Randall. They find Randall. He laying there with eggs over easy eyes. They try to lift him up to take him back. He have a freak out. He got the eggs over easy eyes on blast. At the same time, Julie and Marielle are in this freak out with him. They having a group eggs over easy eyes posse freak out. 
something is connecting them, they all freak out at the same time. Anyway, they pick Randall up. They take him back to Freaky Deaky Colony House where the freaks come out at night. Meanwhile, Kenny, Boyd, and Sarah go into the woods. Now, at this point, at this point, everybody is looking for answers. They realize that something new has been unleashed. And they need to figure out what it is quick. So Sarah, Kenny, and Boyd go out into the forest. They stumble upon Boyd's place of meeting Martin when he was in the faraway tree and he landed in a room with the, the creepy looking dude, the creeper who was chained up, who Boyd decided to free. Then the creeper slit Boyd's arm, rubbed his blood in there and said, you now share the same blood as me. Ha ha, I'm out of here. This place looked like a poor man's Stonehenge. So he telling Sarah and Kenny, this is the place. This is where I was at. Blah, 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 blah. Now Sarah start freaking out. Sarah talking about, I can hear the kids. I can see the kids. There's a music box here. We need to stop the music box. We need to stop the music. Swear to God. In my head, I'm hearing Rihanna saying, please don't stop the music. Sarah nose start bleeding. She freaking out. She's saying, you got to stop the music. Boyd is like, how do we do that? No one can see this but you. She telling him. The new monster is laughing at Boyd. Because he unleashed it. He set him free. So when he was being Mr. Nice Guy. Unchaining this dude, Martin, who was tied up. In this room with chains to a wall. I seen a bird with more meat on its body than this dude. He set him free, cut him. Now cicadas is buzzing. We got three blind mice happening. Now Sarah says that he laughing at boy. And if they don't figure out where that music box is, three blind mice going to die. Okay, so like I said, Donna, Dale, Elgin, they bring Randall back to Freaky Deaky Colony House. Prayer sessions are happening, people praying for forgiveness, salvation, that the monsters don't eat them, that hopefully at some point they could go to sleep soon. That's all they really wanted to do was go to sleep. Well, one person. One person really needed to sleep and he ain't get it and he zapped the hell out. Donna tells Matthias, the dude who's on the door with the gun, the strategist at arms. 
she tell him, take all the guns and the weapons out of the house. I don't want people freaking out and having the guns available. So he go and take the guns out to some shed somewhere. I don't know, a place where he trying to lock stuff down. Guess who follow him? The town crier, Mr. We Can't Go to Sleep, old Reggie. He ain't paying Reggie no mind. He's sitting there putting guns away. Reggie just getting closer, closer. What you doing? What's going on? What's happening, player? Matthias ain't paying him no attention. Next thing you know, Mr. Town Crier sliced Reggie's neck up like coal cuts. He makes Swiss cheese out of his neck. Now see, if you're paying attention, if you're aware of your surroundings, that type of shit would not happen. That type of shit would not happen to me. At any rate, it happened to Matthias. Now he laying in the pool of his own foolishness and blood. It's rum and coke good, y'all. Okay, so now we get to Tabitha. So Tabitha's feeling like she need to go out on a mission. She got to save her daughter. She got to do something. She's feeling like these girls are in this tower. And she got to save them. That's the way to save Julie. You notice how everybody was talking about saving Julie? It's three blind mice in this situation with the eggs over easy eyes. And not one of them talked about saving anybody but Julie. So Tabitha is about to go on this mission to find the tower. She enlists the help of Victor. Victor's 60-year-old tale. This is what I don't understand about Victor. He'd been there since he was a child. He'd been there since he was a child. How did he survive? He had no parents for the longest time. He had nobody there with him who told him to go in before dark, where to hide, what did he eat. How did he clothe himself as he grew? Where were his clothes coming from? I just got so many questions about Victor. How he don't know more? How doesn't he know more? He talking about, well, if we find a bottle tree. Then that should lead you to the tower. I never been to the tower. How you never been to the tower? So he leads Tabitha to the bottle tree. And nearby is a faraway tree. So he tells Tabitha, if you go in this faraway tree, my mom said this, this is a special tree right here, should lead you to the tower. I've never been. How he never been? I'm sure that dude been in more faraway trees than he cared to have ever imagined he would need to be and he never went to the tower. Okay. At any rate. They at the bottle tree. They had the bottle tree. They find a faraway tree. He packing snacks and a lunch for her. She about to go on a lunch trip to the tower. So now we get back to Jade. 
Mr. I can't wear a button down shirt buttoned up. I got to unbutton it to like the eighth button and put on my wool card again. Even in the fall. He at the bar. He's like the new bartender, but not really. He just make himself drinks. He don't make nobody else drinks. He just make himself drinks. He in there smashing glass. Talking to himself, talking to the ghost of the old bartender. He comes away with the idea that he needs to go on his own mission. To save who else? Julie, of course, not Randall, not Marielle, just Julie. He need to understand where the symbols are coming from. What are the symbols? So he goes out, finds the hole, falls down in the hole, trying to find some answers. He runs into the ventriloquist dummy of 1935 sitting in there with a monocle. I don't know what this ventriloquist dummy is about, what the symbol is of him, why he keeps seeing him. But he was sitting there chilling as he's sliding down the hole to the tunnel talking about what up, player? Welcome back. Eventually. He runs into the Hank Huey crew. They laying on slabs in a formation, looking up at the sky, talking about Hank Huey. He's sitting there bewildered. It's Ankui. Eventually he looks up and he realizes that he's looking up at the symbol, which is somehow engraved or ingrained into the ground and the openings you can see sky out of. So maybe Ankui has to do with the symbol. And whenever these kids see it, they say Ankui. Whatever that means, we we don't know. That's what I would love to know. Because Ankui. Okay. So back to Sarah and Boyd and Kenny. They leave the forest. Boyd goes back to Cotri's church. I kind of miss Cotri. Cotri was played by Sean Majunder. Sean Majanda, I don't know if y'all know. He was in Cedric the Entertainer Presents, a sketch comedy show by Cedric the Entertainer, early 2000s, funny as all get out. Sean Majanda was fall off the chair funny. Now, the show didn't do so well. I think it was on Fox. I got the DVD box set. Hilarious. Anyway, I miss Kotri. Boyd is in the church having a come to Jesus moment with himself, having a conversation with God that, you know, sometimes we have when we feel like we're the victim of something and things shouldn't be happening to us. He's not questioning his faith at this point. He's already lost his faith. But he's having a moment. Meanwhile, Donna comes in and says, hey, your boy's about to get married. If this shit comes to an end tomorrow, him and Fatima want to tie the knot. You should come see your boy. So he leaves the church with Donna. 
They back at Freaky Deaky Colony House, where the freaks come out at night, of course. They getting married. Mama getting married in the house. Listen. Nobody presides over the ceremony, but he does Boyd, that is, walks Fatima down the aisle. It's a great moment. It's a nice moment. Doom and gloom is about to engulf all the people are from town. This is a nice moment. While he's there, witnessing the marriage of his son, a bright light goes off. He thinks he has an idea of how to stop what's happening with three blind mice. So he takes off. He goes to the storage shed, or what I think is where Victor was staying in the back of a truck where all Victor's stuff was. But there's a truck in the woods somewhere. Boy comes out the truck. He has a torch. As he's locking up the truck, who does he run into? Mr. Town Crier. We can't go to sleep. Crazy ass Reggie. Now, Reggie just cut Matthias up. Like lunch meat. He just cut him up like Swiss cheese. Took the gun. He got a rifle pointed at Boyd. Talking about Boyd, I always liked you. But I hold you responsible for my lady's death. You brought this to the town. Pops one in Boyd. Rifle slug. Boyd is now tore up from the floor up. But he manages to finally bust off his gun and takes Reggie out. Now, we don't know if Reggie dead. I think Reggie dead. But he takes Reggie out, okay? So he's like, shit, what the f-? Like, I'm trying to solve this issue, and now I got to deal with this BS. So anyway, he makes it back to the poor man Stonehenge. And he's trying to figure out, all right, what do I need to do now? He lights the torch up. And it takes him into the scenario where he was with the old creeper who he let out the chains, who then cut him, gave him his blood. And unleashed the cicadas, the three blind mice, the whole mess. When he lights that torch in the forest in Stonehenge. He's back in that room. He sees the music box. He's about to trash it. He sees his old wife, his dead wife, who's trying to talk him out of it. Now, she does a poor job in giving him a reason why not to stomp the box out. She says, if you do that, these people have no idea what's coming next. What's her option? Just chill. Y'all will die another day. Okay. Like, I'm going to take that option. So he says, nah, I'll pass. No, thank you. He puts a torch to the music box. He stomps it out like he got beef and broccoli Tim's on. He just stomping it out like he's stomping out an op. 
I forgot to mention that once he gets back in this room, three blind mice are now chained up like Martin the Creeper was. They having fits. The eggs over easy eyes crew is just having fits, jerking and twerking. Once he stomps that music box out and lights it on fire, everything's done. The music stops. Julie wakes up. Marielle wakes up. Randall wakes up. Seems like a great freaking way to end a show, right? With the finale. Perfect way to end the show. This was a very eventful episode. I think we learned quite a bit. Season three is going to be a doozy. But it ain't over yet. It ain't over. So Tabitha finds the tower. She goes into the tower. She's going up the stairs. She starts hearing, and cooey. That don't stop her. She gets to the top. You can see the fall foliage on the trees outside. You got green leaves, red leaves, orange leaves. She's got a beautiful view of from land. I mean, as beautiful as it can be, right? All of a sudden, before she got time to poop, pass a gasser. The little boy in white, who we think is helpful, says, I'm sorry, I got to do this. But it's the only way. This little boy had Hulk strength pushed her through the glass tower. Through the window at the top of the tower. I don't know where this little boy's strength came from, but I guess Tabitha was only like a buck 20 wet, right? So little boy pushes her through the through the glass. Next thing we know, she wakes up in a real hospital. They're like, yeah. She realizes she's not in from land anymore. Now, I'm sure all types of crap was racing through her mind. She don't know that Julie has come out of the three blind mice spell. She don't know it. So she's sitting there thinking my daughter is back there about to die and I'm out here. I'm out. It's what I wanted. But I don't have my family. Any parent will be feeling stressed the hell out at this point. And that's what she was. And that's how it went off. So she's out of there. Is she going to come back in season three? Who knows? Is she going to be fighting the power on the outside? Who knows? They tell her some hikers found her three days ago. Bruised up, scarred up. I tell you what, I can't wait for season three. I'm hooked. I'm in. I'm mad. I got to wait 11, 12 months to see the continuation. But I will be back. Peace.